Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry. Only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Oh, g'day. Hi. Welcome. Thanks for being here. This is Better Make It Quick. I'm Osher Ginsberg, and this is the Wednesday version of Better Make Better Than Yesterday. Uh, Better Than Yesterday is a podcast that has been running since 2013, and it does just what it says on the box since 2013. We've been having conversations with people from all walks of life, from all over the world, and some of them are absolute experts in their field. And each of those conversations is just to help you make today better than yesterday. That's it. I hope you enjoy some of the back catalogue episodes and that's why we're here on Wednesdays to bring these shows to you. Oh, oh hang on. Who am I? I'm right. I'm Osher. What am I doing today? Right now, I'm a, um, I'm a track pant wearing, electric car charging, mosquito avoiding, dad, stepdad, dog owning, 48-year-old white man uh, sitting in his car while his car charges at a public charging station on the way somewhere. And I'm grateful to be here. Thank you. If you want to get in touch with me, it's super easy. Uh, send us your email at gmail.com. There are ad-free versions of this show at Patreon, and um, I'll tell you a bit more about them uh, later on. So on Wednesdays, I asked Bree, who works on research and support here at the show, to go back through her favourite episodes and um, find a couple of bits that might entice you to scroll on back and listen to the whole chat. And I'm grateful to bring this one to you because this man was very important to me and I'm, I'm grateful this one resonated with Brie for, for different reasons that, than it did me and, that, and it's really always nice to, to find out. So we're going back to 2017 to catch up with Quentin Kennahan. I was in Sydney. Quentin uh, was in Adelaide where he was living at the time. We spoke over Skype, which if you remember was, a, was like the video version of a Nokia uh, <laughs> but that was all we had, so it was all we dealt with. Um, that's how we spoke, so his audio sounds like that. Quentin Kennahan has since passed away, sadly, and, but Quentin was an incredible guy. He's an author, a playwright, a director, a producer, an actor, a fierce advocate for us people living with disability. He lived a huge life and he squeezed every single drop of juice out of his 43 years. 
you might have seen him. He was starring. He was in um, Mad Max: Fury Road. If you've seen the uh, that one, uh, he's alongside Tom Hardy and Charlie Theron, which was super fun. And I'll never forget the day that I got a text from his number, but it was the man that cared for him, whom I also knew. And uh, he didn't live with uh, Quentin, but he was with Quentin most days. And he texted me from Quentin's phone to let me know that Quentin had passed away. See, Quentin was born with osteogenesis imperfecta, which is also known as brittle bone disease. And I remember Quentin telling me that, mate, he got told real young, you're not going to live to see 17. And I think one of the plays he wrote was, I'm 40, now what? (laughs) He was a fucking inspiring guy. And I'm really grateful that we're able to revisit this today because he certainly was a man who defied the odds. No one had believed that I would live to the age of 40. And when I did, I, I, I'd i done everything I've ever wanted to do, you know. I mean, I'd given myself to a pretty big lorry list of, of things to obtain in life. You know, I wanted my own TV show. I did it. You were in it. I wanted to um, star in a Hollywood action film. I did it. You sat next to me at the premiere. I wanted to sit on the set of a Star Wars movie. You know, I worked on two of them. So this the, this list that I'd obtained for myself that was very high in the sky, hmm. somehow I managed to do it. And, yeah, it was about what do I do now? Right. Because if I'm not mistaken, last time we spoke – um, I remember you told a great story about one of the doctors coming in and it was all grave and, you know, took his glasses off and said, oh, Quentin, it uh, doesn't look very good. I don't know if you're going to make it through the night. And he said, sorry to burst your bubble, pal. That's not the first time anyone's told me that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that you've kind of lived a lot of your life with people telling you you're probably going to die. Yeah, and probably I will one day. Yeah, well, you, me too. I'm, it's going to happen a bit. <clears throat> it's going to happen to me as well. Yeah, so I live... I live my life 24 hours a day at a time. I don't plan much ahead. I just enjoy life. But it, it took you a while to get to to get to that, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I have a very good therapist. Very <laughs> extensive therapist. Very what therapist? Extensive background with my therapist. I, uh, I, I ran out of hands to count how many therapists I've seen in my life. Oh, no, no, no. I, I'm stuck with the one. Oh, really? Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. I mean, once you've got a good one, you don't get rid of them. Yeah. And I wanted, and I've got someone that understands me mm-hmm. and that knows how to get me out of my rut. Because people listening may not have ever considered therapy. What, what would you say is important about why someone should go to therapy? Um, when you get locked in yourself too much and your friends aren't able to get you out of it, you need someone independent to be able to help you find the road back. That was really the way I saw it. But having seen someone your whole life, I'm sure your therapist must work quite hard to maintain the separation where they are able to call you on your bullshit. No, we don't. I'd say she's a friend of mine, but I don't see her every day or every week but she knows how to be honest right you know she knows that i don't do the whole 
Have you thought about writing that down, expressing your feelings on paper? You know, I don't do any of that stuff. I don't, I don't play the little psychology games. Oh, whatever works for you. Yeah, I just need someone to just hear me vent, help me understand why I'm feeling that way. Yeah. It's interesting when someone says to you, what did, what did my... So I just came straight from my psychiatrist just then. For people that don't understand the difference, the psychiatrist prescribes you the medication and the psychologist talks you through things. They're two different things. Yeah, um, I've got it. I've got, I've, I've got both. Um, my psychiatrist says, um, oh, oh, that. Oh, that's called emotional projection. And, when you know, when I, I think someone's being mean and so I react as if they're being mean and then they get confused and then they're mean and then I go, see, you're being mean. Um, and it's so funny that, as you mentioned, like once they mention what it is, you go, oh, oh, that's what it is. Oh, okay. And then you can, once you've got a name for it, you can identify it and catch it when it happens again. Yeah. And, and you know, my, my thing recently is getting upset by social media and taking things very personally on social media. And I didn't know how to react to that. Yeah, yeah. You know, I do think that there are a lot of pitfalls with being part of the social media world. Oh, yeah. I heard Mia Friedman describe uh, online hatred towards her um, in an interesting way. She was going through one of her, she calls them uh, social media outbreaks, when the outrage just goes in her direction. Um, she has a policy of never checking social media replies in her house um, because uh, f- the way she views it is that would I ever invite these people into my home to say these things to my face? No, I wouldn't. But when I check my at replies on Twitter or Instagram, I'm inviting these people into my home where I share with my wife and my, my husband and my children. Um, and I, I kind of get that. And I, I understand that, that yes. she's able to put I, that distance in. I've got this new rule that I will not let anyone be my Facebook friend that I don't know. That's a great they rule. Can follow, they can follow my my public page, but I will not have a Facebook friend that I don't know. And I don't mean met once or said g'day to in a lobby or whatever. I have to know them. Quentin achieved a lot in his life. No one expected him to live to 40. And he, he did. He lived past 40. And, and when, so I asked him, had he figured out the now what part? Because that show that he wrote, I'm 40, now what? Had he figured that part out? What was he going to do now that he's exceeded all his expectations, achieved all his goals? I wrote a list of things in my book about what I wanted to achieve. And I'm, strangely enough, I've already achieved two of them. Yeah. I went and met Jewel again. Oh, yeah. Well, and now I'm working for it. For How's that? Um, she's got a very uh, lovely self-help website and I'm writing articles for her, um, sort of motivational articles. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. And so, yeah, I, I, I think if anyone knows me, they know that for the last sort of 20 years I've obsessed about Jewel and how much I love her. And... Uh, and I got to talk with her quite extensively a couple of weeks ago, um, thanks to a friend of mine. And uh, and she asked me to start working 
with her and she gave me a phone number and a like an actual phone number <laughs> and an email address and we've just been keeping in touch and it's like a dream come true. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, because she was the one that set set me on the path to doing what I did. How's that? Well, I'd, I'd gotten out of drug rehab in about 2003 and I'd spent three years working as a telephonist at a TAFE college. And I'd finally decided to take the big step and try and become a filmmaker. And I'd gotten given given tickets to her concert and I went there and one of the roadies had noticed me from TV from years ago and ushered me backstage. And, uh, and Jules started talking to me. She was like 22, 23 at the time. And she said, so what do you want to do in life? And I said, well, I want to make it on TV and be a film star and this and that and blah, blah. And I said, I just don't know how I'm going to do it. And she looked at me and she said, honey, I used to live in my car and now I've got the number one album in the world. So if I can do it, you can do it. And I thought, yeah, why should I follow the rules of other people's boundaries? Why don't I have the right to just go out and get the brass ring as well. And so I did, and the rest is history. So I feel a lot of gratefulness towards her for being able to contextualise what it meant to go after what you want. It's interesting Interesting you say that because for a long time I, I shared a similar um, outlook, certainly on, on what it was to have a career and that um, I was always at the whim of the gatekeepers. Uh, I never really yes. thought I never really thought that it was possible for me to build my own gate. Yeah, but now I feel as though my outlook in life has changed. Yeah, how so? Yeah. Well, I've spent the last twenty years creating a career, and I've done everything I've wanted to. Now I'm taking the elevator back down and trying to inspire others to follow their dreams. And that's mm. my goal. And how do you do that? Well, the radio show is one thing. Um, my YouTube channel is another, but generally just meeting people. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me about the radio show. How'd that gig come along? Uh, I asked. <laughs> yeah, you did. I'd proven myself um, at ABC in Adelaide, and I said, look, I've, I've done this gig for two years. I've, I've established myself as a bit of a brand on ABC, I'd like a bigger role. And they gave me four weeks to prove myself, and that was two years ago. What do you like about it? I love the fact that I get to help people tell their own stories in a way that inspires others. Yeah. And the creative process that comes from that. And hearing other people's stories and and being inspired by them just as much as the listeners are i love that yeah like i just didn't i just uh i just interviewed uh jordan raskopoulos who is the trans uh woman from the access of awesome and just understanding the journey 
that she's gone through and and the the sort of things that she faces today just made me think about what a complex issue trans rights are and 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 how easy in a certain way I've got it compared to to others in this world who are still fighting for their place in society. You know, that inspired me and 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 in in my hope was able to inspire others. To hear you say when I look at how easy I've got it and I look at other people that don't have that now I meant in, in the head. Oh you know there's a lot of there's a lot of, there's a lot of inward fighting that people still go through in their in themselves about fighting for their place in society. Yeah. I found my place. I know who I am. I know what I want. Quentin has been described as a disability advocate, but it's sometimes a name that doesn't sit well with him. Uh, We'll hear more about that right after this break. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, get 30, bet get 20, 20, 20, get 20, 20, get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Thanks for listening. You might have just heard an ad break there. There are ad-free versions of this show available at patreon.com if you want to go along there. Patreon.com slash osher is how you can find me. And um, I'd really appreciate your support. There's also video, full video versions of this show available there. We are revisiting a chat from 2017 with Quentin Kennahan today. He was born with osteogenesis imperfecta, brittle bone disease. He was in a wheelchair for his whole life. And like countless people who are differently abled or who don't conform to society's expectations with a public profile. Quentin is described as a disability advocate sometimes. But that wasn't always how he identified. When I first met him, he wasn't as involved in disability advocacy. Yeah, I didn't want anything to do with it. What changed? I finally saw what the problem was. I I, I got out of my own little shell. You know, I was so busy trying to create a, a success of myself, I didn't want to be identified with with inability. And to be honest, I, I just wanted to focus on becoming a success. But in 2005, I got the opportunity to mentor some artists with disabilities. And just seeing their creativity changed the way I thought. You know, the stories that they told, uh, the art that they were creating, it was really moving and being able to help them in a way 
sort of changed my attitude. You feel better about it now? Yeah, yeah. I don't think I'm the best advocate, but I think that I'm good at bridging a gap between able-bodied people and and people with disabilities. You certainly seem a lot more at peace than when I first met you, Quentin. Yeah, I'm not the angry young man you met. <laughs> I was very angry back then. <laughs> That's okay. You know, I could, I get why there would have been that anger. No, anger fueled me. You know, it's, it was, it was. I'm not successful yet. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. I want to do this. I want to do that. You know, I really wanted to be the man. But that, that can be a great but, driver for many people. You're not alone there. Yeah, but becoming the man is all well and good. But once you get there, you kind of just look up. Look from the top and go. Well, I made it. <laughs> now what? <laughs> I don't want to climb down. The view is good, but what now? You know, you've been there. You know, it's empty and meaningless the whole way if you don't stop and enjoy it. I found exactly, and I wasn't enjoying it. But now, you know, I enjoy every minute of it. You know, uh, I remember being at the finale of Australian Idol, the very first one. You know, and I had such a blase attitude about it, really horrible attitude about it. You know, it was always like, eh, could be better. (laughs) (laughs) Eh, the acoustics suck. Eh, whatever. Why didn't Shannon win? You know, (laughs) and the fact that I was even thinking that horrified myself. I was just like, dude. You're sitting here, you've just had your show air to be the number one show in the country. You're affiliated with the top, with the highest rating show in the world. I can smell the roses for a little bit, dude. <laughs> but I was blasé about it. I was like, yeah, whatever. I certainly, I certainly relate to that because that's uh, very much how I, I remember standing on that stage after all the confetti cannons had stopped fluttering down. And the room emptied out very quickly. I remember standing there, just be like, "Well, what are we supposed to do now? It's done." Yeah. You know, I didn't, I didn't even, didn't even stop to enjoy what it was. Neither, neither did I. You know, and it wasn't until it wasn't until basically Mad Max that I really stopped to appreciate it. You know, I made sure that I looked at every little thing in the studio. You know, all the cameras, all the lights, the green screen, the, you know, I took it all in and I, I just, wow, that was, that's, because it's the pinnacle of everything I ever wanted. Yeah. And I made sure that I remembered every little moment. I'm really happy you found your way to that, Quentin. I am too, you know, and I don't care that I'm only in the show for a, a minute and 24 seconds or something like that, but. Damn it! I'm the second last image in the whole damn film, <laughs> and I didn't get killed off. And you made the comic book. And I made the com- I mean, a comic book for God's sake. <laughs> that you know, who gets that? There it is. Enjoy what you got. Go after what you want. Quentin made the absolute most of his life, and Bree. Wonderfully, Brie texted me to ask if it was okay that we could do this episode, and I said absolutely. I mean, 
I was saying this to Wilfred the other day. We're talking, you know, we're talking about, there's a photo of my mum on our mantelpiece and, you know, we talk about death. We talk about, you know, mum's not around anymore and that it's sad when people go, but that's okay. And it's worse to not ever speak about that someone's died because, you know, fuck, I don't want people to not talk about me after I've died. I want people to go, yeah, I remember that guy. Yeah, yeah, I remember that thing he did. I enjoyed that. That's all I want. That's all I want. And so, yeah, it's sad that Q's gone. It is. He was a really larger-than-life human being and had an incredible mind and extraordinarily smart and dealt with so much and just rose above fucking hell. Unbelievable. I think the first podcast we had together, he said he, he stopped counting how many bones he'd broken at 156. Right? Unfucking fathomable, unfathomable what he lived through. And yet just, just triumphed and lived independently and was a vibrant, active person with friends and social life and, yeah. And it's sad that he's gone, but that doesn't mean that we shouldn't talk about him and, you know, remember that. And I hope that's, a, you know, that's the same for you with people you've lost. I hope that, yeah, it's okay to feel sad. I mean, I still miss my mum every day, right? But that's a part of it. It's okay, I get to remember the good stuff and that's fine. And it's important to remember that. I've been talking about death a bit lately on this show. I did it with Allegra Spender the other day too, but I, I guess I'm talking with Wolfie about it a lot. We're trying to figure out ways to explain the concept to him and I guess that's spilling over here. Anyway, I'm at 76% of charge here, which is pretty exciting because usually the charging slows down around 80 to you know protect the battery. So um, I'll check how much more I've got to drive and see if that'll get me to the next fill-up. It's only been, what, 20 minutes, so it's pretty sweet. And I'll see you Friday. Thanks heaps for listening. I don't know where I'll be on Friday. I might be back in my studio. I might be in a car again. Who knows? Until we speak next, thanks heaps to Andy for cutting this up. Brief steel on research and support. Thanks so much to Mike Mills, Toe Hider, on the music, and Rachel Barrett, the executive producer of The Lot. Until we speak next time, sleep well and dream of beautiful things. 